Hey, are you looking to buy a new car? Are you stuck in a high-rate loan and looking to refinance? Well, UK Federal Credit Union can help. Right now, UK Federal Credit Union has auto loan rates as low as 3.24% APR. You can apply for an auto loan online at ukfcu.org or in person at the dealership. You can get your dream car today. It's UK Federal Credit Union, banking only better. Annual percentage rate. Member qualifications apply. Rate subject to credit approval and subject to change. For full disclosures and cost details, call 800-234-8528. Federally insured by NCU. It's football time in the bluegrass. You're listening to the KSR Football Podcast. It's a great day to dance on the graves of the Tennessee Volunteers. Welcome to the KSR Football Podcast. I'm Nick Roush. Just overjoyed to be welcomed in here with Charles Walker, Drew Franklin, and Freddie Maggard after a 34-7 to smackdown of the Vols at Neyland Stadium. And really, I, I think we're going to – this is going to be just a um, a good old-fashioned pissing contest as to who's the happiest that Kentucky whooped up on Tennessee. Uh, is it Freddie? Is it Drew? Is it Chuck? Who knows? Mark Stoops. <laughs> Freddie, why don't, uh, you've played in that rivalry a few times and you're from close to Knoxville. Why don't you uh, take the lead with the excitement talk? Yeah, I, I I can't tell you how happy I was uh, at the outcome of the game. Uh, I was nervous at halftime, I have to admit. Uh, but, you know, this Kentucky team wasn't. Just came out and kicked Tennessee's ass. And that's something that, uh, you know, you beat them 34-7 to in Knoxville, in Neyland Stadium, and, and do it in a fashion that is just total domination for 60 minutes is just something that, you know, I, I've been waiting for my whole life. And the last time that Kentucky beat them down there was Bill Ransdale and and those guys. And, you know, for old-timers like me, it's been – you know, I know the burden is, is is held over the program and losing down there. But for old-timers like me that, that threw a few clunkers in that stadium, uh, it, it was redemption and uh, it was satisfaction to watch Kentucky just go down there and beat the brakes off Tennessee. Freddie, the only thing that I was disappointed is that we didn't get 90,000 balls in there crying and booing at the same time. We really missed out on that. Exactly. And, and let me say this. Mark Mark Stoops has a gazillion more uh, uh, class than I – amount of class than I do. I do. Because if I'm up 34-7, to 7, I'm looking at 50 points and I'm running it up. And he, he took the the, ga- the gas off the, – he took the, the gas pedal off the gas, whatever, whatever saying that is. Uh, he took the foot off the gas. There you go. And uh, and I wouldn't have. I'd have scored 50 on him. I ain't going to lie to you. So, he's got way more class than I do. I mean, I I, I was kind of thinking it and hoping it, but uh, it, I think it's pretty demoralizing when you just got your, your twos running up and down the field on them in the fourth quarter anyway. Uh, so, I think the point was, was well made. And as long as you've been waiting for it, Freddie, Drew's had to live with – this Tennessee buffoon for his whole life. So it's, I mean, I, it's a little bit different, but you know, Franco is, uh, is quite a lot. And Drew, I'm sure there was some sweet satisfaction sending him packing. Uh, when I got back from Somerset on Friday, I thought I would have a peaceful Friday night before the game, but he was already in my driveway with a T on the hood of his car, Tennessee gear. It was 24 hours of trash talk. I actually wouldn't let him watch the game with me. I didn't let him in. 
And uh, by the third quarter, my mom said, your dad just left to go to the golf course. So uh, he, he didn't even see the ending. <laughs> but, um, it, it's been fun. He came over that night wearing a Tennessee basketball shirt uh, to, to watch baseball with me. thought that was funny. But lots of trash talking in the Franklin family. Been a long time coming. He, he took me to Nayland Stadium a couple times. I've seen a lot of these games sitting with him. He was sitting next to me when Seaver had it won. He was sitting next to me when Cobb had it won, and neither one came through. So it was good to get a win. I'm not going to lie, Drew, the, the logo thing he had on his truck, I thought it was fake. Like, I thought that, like, A, what kind of person would do that to a car? Like, poor car. But B, I mean, that's – he was shooting his shot, and, man, did he miss. Whew. Yeah, for those who don't know him, he's not like the fun or just the normal fan that, you know, throws on a T-shirt on Saturday and watches the game. I mean, it's – checkerboard overalls it's playing rocky top from speakers outside his house it's it it's 150 percent so very happy to talk some noise and finally put this behind us i'm just tired of writing about it talking about it tweeting about it the streaks are over they're all gone let's move forward with new football oh man and, and you could tell that mark stoops that that was part of his not, i guess message but a lot of it is he he feels that all these streaks and stuff it's not fair to his kids that they have to kind of not only win this game but win the 34 games that they lost before um or 36 in this case so you know as he said in the locker room he was tired of this stuff um to to say it politely but chuck i i you just know that whatever weight was on the program that that's that's not really there anymore yeah and, and kind of what you said you know obviously we've broken streaks in the past the florida streak and it's always there but to your point you know, some of these kids are true sophomores. They, they weren't at Kentucky when the, you know, so it, it, it takes a toll on you, but at the end of the day, you're out there to play the game. And I think we, uh, we showed that gaudy orange, um, what an SEC football team looks like this weekend. <laughs> and I, to Freddie's just overall, like as down as we were early in the season, you can't – I don't think I've had a, a more fun time watching a Kentucky football game. And it's not because there haven't been better wins. But, Freddie, we didn't even – like, I, at halftime, I was – like, I, I had in my mind, like, oh, man, th this could happen again. But then I got to pretty much enjoy the entire second half because they were just beating them down so much. There was no stress because they just completely just decimated their football team. Well, I think a sequence of events in the second half is what – uh, calmed me down and, and and got my football brain working again to understand that Kentucky's just a better, better football program right now, and it's a better football team. When Tennessee went three and out, and then Eddie Graham made uh, halftime adjustments, came back, Kentucky drove the football down and scored. Allen Daly caught a, a fade route, and that was a beautiful drive orchestrated yeah. by Terry Wilson. So that that series, that those two series – Tennessee's three and out, Kentucky's uh, uh, drive for a touchdown, for me, uh, defined the state of the programs for Tennessee and Kentucky. And you know what, Freddie? It didn't take much other than completing a few passes when they were run blitzing. Right? And, yeah, and having exactly. that second receiver in Allen Daly emerging and becoming a playmaker. We, we've we been asking, who's going to be the number two receiver? And I think Allen Daly answered that question. Well, 75% of Terry Wilson's completions went to receivers this week, which is a a, a, a vast improvement. Uh, you know, listen, they're not burning up the field. They're not lighting up the stat sheets. But, however, uh, small steps to where Kentucky needs to be. The receivers had nine catches. Uh, Josh Ali had three uh, – had four. Allen, uh, Allen Daly had three. So, I think uh, I think that that's a positive to see Daly. He's not a – uh, but one thing about Allen Daly, no matter if it's blocking or catching passes or on special teams, you're going to get 100% from that kid. He plays hard. He's a team guy. Uh, and I was very happy to see him score the touchdown. But, again, uh, you know, it, Tennessee, uh, the offensive line was supposed to be its strength. <laughs> Four out of five players on that offensive line were former five-star players. And uh, Kentucky defensively, I mean, uh, I said this uh, earlier, can you name a coordinator that's had a better eight-quarter stretch than Brad White has against Mississippi State and Tennessee on allowing one touchdown and producing 10 turnovers? 
I mean, it's an incredible accomplishment for that Kentucky defense. The, the fun stat, Drew, that everybody's throwing around was in two games, nine points and nine interceptions, which that's a great stat. But here's something even crazier. Six of 29 opponents on third down the last two weeks. Only 20% of the time they've converted on third down. And that's just that's winning football no matter who you're playing. And you don't need to rely on terrible quarterback play to get to it. That nine and nine stat, uh, two of those were safeties. So I'm really not even given that the defense giving that up. <laughs> nine and seven in my brain. But I, I the turnaround has been unbelievable to watch. I mean, I'm I, I'm guilty. I was like thinking this secondary was just fool's gold last year running around um, with Lynn Bowden running around on offense. I thought maybe we were fooled and got too confident in this season after two games. But in the last two, I've never seen anything like it. And hopefully it will continue. Continue in some form. I won't expect that many interceptions per game, but hopefully they can keep making plays and forcing turnovers. Man, and I just love that Kelvin Joseph is just like middle fingers up to the haters. I mean, who? who? Boss man fat. Excuse me. Sorry. Boss man fat. That's correct. It's boss man fat. Thank well, you. I've, I've been told definitely need to put some respect on his name. People make mistakes. It happens. Uh, but which I thought was funny too, because here's the thing. Being a cornerback, Chuck, you know, like you're going to get beat sometimes. You got to have the confidence to go back. And not only has he had that confidence, that interception he had, I think he knew he was taking it to the house before the ball was even thrown. I mean, he, that was that was awesome. Just a speed out. He cuts under it. Quarantano, Quatitano, Quapacano threw the ball right into his hands. Easy. I don't even think he was running. He could have. He could have backwards. Well, and he jogged so slowly to the end zone, too. I was like, well, mate, in my mind, I thought it was only like a 20-yard return, if that. And then I went back and, and looked at the stats. It was 40, 41 yards or something, and just nobody was there. And now, and then Jamin Davis is – I was sucking air, Drew, when Jamin Davis was returning that. I, I, I was tired just watching him run in the field. And I thought he was going to fall down at the two-yard line after running all that oh. way. If you go back and watch the replay, I'm not saying he he wouldn't have scored, but Tennessee didn't make much of an effort to run him down if you see the wide angle. They completely just checked out and watched him go the other way. They had one guy that could have even potentially made a tackle and it looked like he gave zero effort. So uh, balls were checked out early. I want to say something about Kelvin Joseph's pick six is, is I think it speaks to his football IQ because Tennessee – converted a first down on the same exact play in the first drive of the, of the game. So uh, he picked up on that, read it perfectly, broke on the football, and scored a touchdown. Man, so awesome. I'm, I'm just and, – and Freddie, too, to, to see him check out like that after Jamin's interception, what does that tell you about the football team? Yeah, they, they get – you know, Tennessee's got some problems. And they fired Jimmy Brumball this morning. And on the Tom Leach show, I compared it to firing my cardiologist because I needed a tooth or a root canal. I mean, it just makes no sense, but it is what it is. I mean, there, there's some serious issues, and they're going to get the brakes beat off of them again this week when they play Alabama. Yeah, yeah, they, that nice little bounce back spot for the Vols against. <laughs> yeah. Oh good, man, good luck. Good luck in that one. Oh, gosh, the, the sadness, too, from the Vol fans, even though we didn't get in the stadium, you had the one guy just losing his mind on the phone. It's another pick six. It's another pick six. Get him out of the game. And then the, the guy that called into Basilio's show that, that threw a beer bottle through a window that said, honey, Tennessee football done that. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't get enough of it. And, and I mean, and hell, Pruitt did the same thing too, firing Brumball, which it's got to be kind of salt in the wound if you are Jimmy Brumball, that your old coach is the reason why you're getting canned. But defensive line is, is the least of Tennessee's problems. Yeah, I, I hate it for Jimmy uh, to be with you. I think it's a scapegoat fire. But nevertheless, uh, Man, let's just let's just talk about all the awesome things that happened. Um, hey, Drew, can you list me the quarterbacks who have beaten or who have won at Florida, Tennessee, and Louisville? Uh, I believe it's Terry Wilson. Wait, there's no yeah, more zero. No, uh, let me think. Yep, Terry Wilson. That's the list. Oh, I, you know, actually, for some folks out there who don't understand that, Terry turnover. 
that that's yeah. the guy who's done that yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i was good i'm still getting complaints on twitter with like it was the fourth quarter kentucky up big well t- terry's still not it still got to make a change he didn't do anything <laughs> in this game i'm thinking how a the streak's about to end how is your brain even thinking about a backup quarterback right now but b what did you just watch that you still think terry's a problem yeah, he completed 80% of his passes, to, and one of his incompletions was a drop. Uh, yeah, absolutely. 80%, 12 of 15. And the other drop, too, or the other incompletion, Freddie, was a heck of a catch by Josh Ali on the sideline that I didn't think yeah. they had enough to overturn. And, you know, if, if you right. want to have criticism of UK, say, hey, just, just go up and snap the ball real quick. Don't give him an opportunity to even overturn it. But that was a heck of a throw, too, by Terry. So – uh, I mean, the guys, maybe some of the incompletions, maybe some of that wasn't on him earlier on the season. Um, but, you know, what I do appreciate, though, Drew, is that he, his his sister and his mom, his, his sister is very chirpy on Twitter, and she's using the hashtag put Gunner in. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, that's, that's brutal. I think part of the reason I'm such Team Terry is I, I think I love his family on the Internet. They've, they've been <laughs> – Clapping back at UK fans for a couple of years now. And yes, the put gunner ends. That uh, definitely confirms they hear everything that's been said over the years. Hey, that, I mean, that happens. I mean, that's, that's for real. I mean, even before the internet and even before social media, my family was the same way, man. I mean, it, it was, t- it was talk radio then and, and stuff that they heard in the stands and, and hillbillies, man, they hold grudges for life. My mom still hates people for that. So I totally understand that. Oh, and I, the the part too that I really enjoyed about Terry's game is that, like Chuck, he shot his shot before the game. He he had on a shirt. Was it records are broken? Is that is that right? Yeah, records are broken. Yeah. I mean, like they knew they were going to go out and win, and they just kicked the crap out of him. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. I love. I, I was watching the game with obviously some. UK fans, I can't one let it be stated now. I can't watch games with people that are rooting for the other team, or if you put money against the other team, I can't do it. My buddy's been doing it to me. I told him, "Hey man, if you bet on Tennessee, don't show up to the house. I won't let you in." Um, but at, it was when Terry pulled a read option and went for about I don't know thirty yards down and ran out of bounds probably at like the seven yard line, fourth quarter, we're up mm. by, you know, 24 at the time. And there's three Tennessee defenders and my mm. buddies are half of them are like good play. Half of them are, how did he not go upfield and get in the end zone right there? I'm like, well, we're up 24 points. There's three defenders. He's a quarterback and just ran for a first down and 30 yards. So I think it's okay that he went out of bounds there and didn't try to kill himself against three guys. That's why I went, you all are just haters. I mean, like, what in the world? Anything he does is wrong. So, yeah, I've been a Terry guy from the beginning. He's our leader. He wears the, you know, he wears the records are broken, then he breaks the records. He wears some big boy pants, too. I mean, that dude, right. he, he ain't scared of nothing. And I, I think now he's kind of come to the realization that, like, well, and he's probably come to this long before it, but – we have to realize that some folks they're just they're just going to hate on him no matter what. Uh, they're going to hate on Eddie Grand. Uh, no halftime adjustments. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, when uh, Freddie in the third quarter, Tennessee had 22 yards, one first down, and three punts. Kentucky had 110 yards, 10 points, and averaged more than five yards per carry. It was just it was a beatdown, an utter beatdown. The the way we win games is maintaining possession. And having the ball longer than the other team, I don't. That's what Mark Stoops loves to do. I don't. Mm-hmm. The fans expect to come out and I guess they want to see us try to outscore the other teams, like we tried to get tried to do against Ole Miss. Lost. Hey, this is Mark Stoops football. Great defense and a steady offense. We're winning games. Shut the hell up. Sorry. Mm. And man, to do it over a top twenty-five Tennessee team—that was the largest margin of victory over an AP top 25 team on the road in program history and the largest against the top 25 team since 1973. There was a lot of those kind of uh, most and since this insert date here. And many of them, 
including the 36-year losing streak in Nayland Stadium, happened long before I was born. Um, I, I really appreciated the largest margin of victory over Tennessee since like 1937 or something like that. Just uh, 1935. Let's get it correct. Oh, sorry. Correct so, years there. Yeah, back back <laughs> when America was climbing out of the Great Depression, and the TVA wasn't a bad offensive line. It was actually uh, an energy program. Oh, look at you! This yeah, here. yeah, yeah. We're we're learning history. Uh, ooh, some more history. Um, John Sarman's got game balls from wins at Florida and Tennessee. And man, that was just an awesome scene in the locker room, Freddie. And, you know, th- this week, Kyle Tucker, he wrote an excellent story on just Sarman's fight, who, you know, he's a guy that's going to keep things private, Freddie. You kind of got to see some of it a little bit closer in action. He doesn't like to shine a light on himself, he- he's all about the team. Um, but we really got to know more about his struggles and to keep on fighting through. And to, to help get the team that win, Stoops credit him a lot with putting together that second-half game plan to, to gash the Tennessee defense. And, uh, I mean, it was just incredible to see that moment in the locker room after the game. Yeah, I was so happy for, for John uh, to get the game ball. He, he well-deserved from him. Uh, you know, in the first half, Kentucky uh, did not run the football that well. Second half made adjustments with Slarman and and uh, Eddie Graham, but no, I, I'm very happy for John. His offensive line played extremely well uh, in the second half and came out and just totally dominated uh, the Tennessee defense. And, and like Charles said, that's exactly what Kentucky wants to do is control the clock and, and to run the football. And it did so extremely well, especially in the second half. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. You know, Rodriguez first half had three carries for seven yards. And he finished the game with 13 carries for 73 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, at halftime, Kentucky had had only 28 yards rushing, and, and finished the the day with 187. So, yeah, halftime adjustments were made. And uh, uh, with John, you know, I saw the picture of him with his offensive lineman after the game, and that's just heartwarming to see how much that those guys love and care and appreciate their uh, their coach, John Slarman. And to, as you kind of detailed there, Freddie, they really just, they outmanned him. And that's something yeah. that, you know, the shoe has always been on the other foot. Uh, and for that guy who's lived it, you know, he played for Kentucky. Uh, he's coached for Kentucky for a long time. It means the world to him. And to see, I mean, that's how the Florida win was too. It was just a good old fashioned out physical in them, out muscling them, beating them in the trenches, kind of war. And and Kentucky did that. <laughs> That's exactly what they did against Tennessee. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm fired up thinking about it. And kind of like Stoops, he said he was crying like a baby <laughs> on the bus on the way down reading that story. Hard not to to do that and feel a little bit emotional, uh, just from all that he's he's put into this program and, and continues to every day. Absolutely. I mean, he is Superman. There's no doubt about that. I do want to go back to what you, you said about Chris Rodriguez, though. Can we – Chris Rodriguez is a guy, right? Can we? Are we all in agreement? Yeah. yeah I, I don't understand why we didn't already agree on that and say that earlier. I thought it's been pretty clear. I don't know a lot about football, but from what I've seen, it's an obvious pick. Yeah. It's kind of – like this isn't a knock on AJ, but Chris Rodriguez is just – he's the guy. He just is. Uh, he puts his head down. He gets he gets those uh, aggravating yards. He lowers his shoulder, and he's hard to tackle. And you saw in that third quarter, as soon as Tennessee got on their heels, just even a little bit, he he made them pay, just time after time after time again. And I, I think when you play, when you're in the SEC, that's the running back you need because it wears on that defense and oh, every. Yeah comes a little bit harder and hurts a little bit more. And I think that's what Rodriguez brings to the table versus AJ. Um, I think last year it probably was AJ due to the fact that he could pass block and understood the blitzes and the defensive scheme better. I think Rodriguez has had this this past year and, and this offseason and has probably hit the books hard and hit the film hard. And now I think it's an easy choice. Can you imagine having him up and hit him? I mean, I, I could think of a thousand things I'd rather do than 
trying to take on Chris Rod- Rodriguez in the A gap. Ooh, what are some things we'd rather do? Um, maybe chew on tax. I'd rather do that. Um, block pass that Marquand McCall. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, Pete, Pete Rose slide naked on gravel. <laughs> Go uh, to Nashville. <laughs> Watch it, Freddie. Watch it. <laughs> and, and on top of Rodriguez, we also got a nice little slice of Jatan McClain um, because the, the drive after Rodriguez helped get Kentucky down to the one before the Allen Daly touchdown, we got some big plays from the, the true freshman who third and two, you call the, the true freshman's number and you wonder what he's going to do. He just puts his nose down and gets three yards. That's what I like to see. That kid's got a bright future. Yes, he does. And also, I mean, Freddie, we saw a lot of those young guys. Uh, JJ yeah, Weaver, a whole bunch. I mean, oh, he's, he's been consistent. He's, yeah. Those those plays yeah. he was making in open space. Holy crap! Yeah, I mean, JJ Weaver, Jordan Wright. That position is is, is solid, man. Those two guys are making plays, tackles for loss. Uh, the Kentucky linebackers against Tennessee combined for thirty five tackles. A pick six and four tackles lost. Second uh, game in a row that that group has just been excellent on the outside, on the inside. And, uh, and a lot of that has to do with the defensive line eating up blocks, whether it be uh, Bohanna, McCall, Hayes, uh, and then Phil Hoskins, uh, Josh Paschal. I mean, you just go on and on. Oxendine. I mean, there's some legitimate depth there for Anwar Stewart's uh, defensive line that, that, you know, I don't. We've seen depth at that position group under Mark Stoops, but I don't know if we've seen the quality of depth that that we at Kentucky has at defensive line, and it shows. And then the secondary is playing just lights out right now. When Weaver made that tackle, and then he got a swift kick to the groin. First off, how is that dude not thrown out of the game? Secondly, my dad's he need friend, to be injected, man. <laughs> my, my my dad's uh, buddy texted. He said, "So, what part of practice does Tennessee practice kicking?" the other guys in the groin which i thought was a nice yeah. old jab at the dirty vols that dude needed to be kicked out of the game there, there's no place for that man i mean chuck and i i mean i've been on the bottom piles when people you know try to call your eyes and do all kinds of good stuff but i mean there, there's a line and that line was crossed when that guy kicked uh jj weaver in the yoo-hoos <laughs> there was a. Uh... There was one play, too, where Drake Jackson was just eating up somebody. And, I mean, he's like eight yards down the field. And the play kind of – at the end of the play, he kind of gets tripped up and he falls on the ground. And the guy tries saying something to him, and he just flips two birds right in the guy's face. It's like, oh, man, this is this is great. Which, by the way, Drake got completely – that was the worst holding call in the history of yeah. holding calls when he just smashed that dude into the ground. Um. But yeah, Cole, Cole Kublik was not happy with that at all. <laughs> I don't think anybody was. But a couple other young guys that really jumped off the page in, in limited time. Carrington Valentine, he got a, a ton of yeah. hype. Uh, hell, even early in the season, but especially in preseason practice, he got his first significant reps. Got a pass breakup in the fourth quarter, knocked the ball yep. down. Uh, Mike Drennan caught his first career pass. Josiah Hayes had his first career uh, tackle at nose. And Vito Tisdale, that dude just loves just rocking people and then telling them about it afterwards. I, I absolutely love it, Drew. Hey, talk about things we wouldn't want to do. I would not want to be anywhere near Vito Tisdale on a football field because to be a guy <laughs> who was just playing high school football a year ago, he is already laying the wood on some guys. And as you just said, he's quick to jump up and celebrate. Some of those special teams tackles – uh, he likes to let them know that uh, he laid one on them. It's going to be a fun four years with him on the team. He uh, he also – like we're only seeing this on like kickoff when he's not sitting in the middle of the field waiting to just take somebody's head off, which I already know there's going to be a couple times where we're like, damn it, Vito, another targeting. <laughs> just... <laughs> I do think we're going to have a couple uh, Vito flags we'll have to get used to until he rolls it in a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah, and, and yeah, we've just got you know what we got to accept it because risk reward they outweigh each other because it's awesome to, and also it gets in their heads like 
And I just, I go back to it. It's just so great to do this to Tennessee to just, just put a hurting on them. Like they're feeling this loss today. They're going to feel it tomorrow and the day after this isn't a quick, like 24 hours and let's get over it kind of loss. I think yeah, it's the get, first time they're really accepting that they're not Tennessee, too. I mean, the rest of us accepted it years ago, people on the outside looking in. But I think they're finally looking around the room like, wait a minute, are we really that low on the totem pole now? Did we just get killed by Kentucky at home? So there's a lot of self-reflection going on right now, and I, I think they're having a hard time accepting it. And they're, and they're uh, getting over it by preparing for Alabama, who, you know, is going to beat the brakes off of them. Mm-hmm. And, and and I you know I, I heard a lot of people pick Georgia in Tuscaloosa and I you know, that was hilarious. The Stetson Bennett the fourth story is great of perseverance of you know walk on junior college back plays he's five eleven, but there was zero part of me that thought that he could beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa and, and that's what happened. No, no that. That was hilarious to think that the mailman was going to deliver a win in Tuscaloosa. Uh, Alabama is currently a 21 favorite point favorite over Tennessee. And Drew, that seems about two scores too low. Uh, yeah, I don't think that number could get high enough. Uh, I think we're going to see a downward spiral continue for our volunteers. This might, I mean, has Vandy won like four out of five? This might be oh. another big year for Vandy to get oh, another one. Nice, yeah. And you know what? It's also about damn time that Jared Garantano came down to earth against Kentucky. Like he's he's played out of his mind countless times against the Cats. This is the Jared Garantano we love and know who just makes backbreaking mistakes that cause causes his fan base to just absolutely lose their minds. There's absolutely there's no rational thought left in in them when he makes an errant throw like that. Let me tell you a fun little Garantano uh, fan story. Uh, again, we'll bring my father into this because I love celebrating. Saturday night, we're sitting around the fire. There's three Tennessee fans there, and it's almost like at once it hits them that he might get two more years because of the winter eligibility rules. So it kind of sunk in. It all hit them at once when they were talking about him. Like, wait a minute, are we going to have him even longer now? So, could be. Could get used to seeing him. He's definitely not going pro. <laughs> Hey, Drew, talking about your guy, Kelvin Joseph. Josh Palmer was held to one catch. Tennessee's lead. He was averaging 16 uh, uh, yards per catch. He had one catch for 11 yards on Saturday. That's mm-hmm. pretty daggone good. That 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 is good holding Tennessee's uh, primary receiver, especially with the 50-50 ball situations that, that they liked uh, to one catch just for 11 yards. That, that was – that was something that uh, Kelvin Joseph did extremely well on Saturday. Especially in this game when in the years past, even when the sides were fairly evenly matched, Tennessee just always had a receiver that they could just throw it up to. I mean, here recently, you know, was it Jennings and mm-hmm. Callaway? Yeah. They've yeah. always had just one playmaker. Kentucky's had no answer for it. So, seeing my boy Bossman uh, shut down their primary guy yesterday and then Seth Williams is still abusing people for Auburn. It's looking like uh, that – Boss man, Fat's not alone, and Seth Williams making plays out of him. He did it again Saturday. Like what we're seeing out of Boss Man. There's a picture of him mossing on somebody in South Carolina, and there's, like, the reactions in the crowd behind him are hilarious. Like, one girl's holding her stomach, and it looks like she just – like, like, like she just got pregnant by watching that catch because she's just so astounded by it. I mean – that dude is good um but also hilarious that malzahn i i just hate that kentucky got auburn when they did because malzahn's already on the hot seat uh down down in uh in in auburn um and they're playing old miss this weekend and that that if that they don't win that shootout uh our boy could be in a a world of hurting uh, coming here soon. So, and then that would mean that Mark Stoops would be the second longest tenured coach in the SEC all by himself. Uh, Nick Saban, then Mark Stoops, which that's and just. Congrats to Nick Saban on uh, beating COVID in like a day. That was pretty, pretty cool. I'm sure those Tuscaloosa test results, there was no chance those were going to turn up positive on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How in the world did that happen? That, that, that still just baffles me. And the story. False negative, the first one, I think. That's what they went with. Or false positive, but yeah. I like when he he pulled down his mask to yell at the ref, and the ref could not walk away faster. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
there was one other thing that happened in the SEC that I thought was pretty funny. Um, but it's oh Arkansas, man, Sam Pittman. Like I I I like that hire initially just because it's like oh man, I love a big boy coaching team at Arkansas. But like they've got two more wins than anybody thought they would have this year, and we're only a month into the yeah. season. So I'm very happy for my guy Derek LeBlanc out there as a defensive line coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great defensive line coach as well. Um, but but they did something nobody's ever done this year, and that slowed down the Ole Miss offense. What mm-hmm. did uh, Corral throw six picks against yeah. Arkansas? I mean, that's that's incredible. I mean, you know, you couldn't really expect Ole Miss to play at that level for the full ten game schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't see the demise of that. Lane Kiffin offense coming uh, to Arkansas, to be quite honest with you. Hats off to the playing. They're playing lights out right now. And, and Freddie, to, to that point, we saw Kentucky struggle with tempo against Ole Miss. And really, their only bad defensive possession was uh, Quentin Bohanna gets rolled up, hurts his knee. He's got to come out of the game. And the and Tennessee just kind of goes tempo to, to run it right at him. And they did it pretty effectively uh, before half. And I know some Kentucky fans were, you know, all, all of a sudden, all the bad thoughts started creeping into our minds. And, uh, you know, Freddie, I just – I don't know what you can do to get better at tempo other than just stopping the drive before they can ever get started. Yeah, you got you got to force negative plays or have an explosive play, a sack or a tackle for loss, something of that nature just to slow them down a little bit. And then, you know, this may sound crazy. You want to hope that they go too fast and make an alignment issue – or, or have a player out of position or something of that nature. Uh, but Kentucky's going to see tempo against Missouri. Uh, Larry Roundtree's a running back that's been there for 412 years, seems like, <laughs> uh, averaging 90 yards a game. And, and Kentucky, as far as on the offensive side, is going to see their best uh, inside linebacker that they've seen this year, uh, Nick Bolton, you know. Uh, so he, he, uh, he had 17 tackles against Tennessee, very active player. So I know we're all celebrating, and that's great. And I know the film study is going to be fun today, and everybody's going to be in a great mood and happy and jumping around. However, this is a scary, scary, dangerous game for Kentucky and Columbia, Missouri. I'll just say that. Yeah, I, I do think it's funny, Freddie, that we always say that in basketball, like, man, that guy's been there forever. But we need to be saying it more in football, too, because – you're yeah. right. Roundtree has felt like he's been there forever. Uh, I mean, the same thing with Garantano. Like, it's crazy that he could still have more eligibility. Um, yeah. But K- Kentucky was supposed to be playing Georgia this week. They were supposed to get him with their licking the, while they were licking their wounds. But you had F- Florida and LSU. That game had to be postponed. Florida was initially scheduled to play Missouri this week. Um, so to make sure that the the Tigers didn't have two weeks off in a row, they flipped the schedule on Friday night. Drew, what did you make of the SEC's decision to play the Missouri game this Saturday instead of the following Saturday? Uh, I love what it did for the Kentucky-Georgia game. It went from Kentucky sneaking up on Georgia between two of its toughest games all year to now Kentucky gets Georgia off a of bye week. But, I mean, if you put yourself in their shoes, it's the right move to make. I mean, nothing's – Nothing's fair in 2020. So, I mean, it's right that that change sucked, but overall, it's, it was probably the best case scenario to, to make the schedule better. It, it puts the uh, football, SEC football, almost in a tournament format for these teams that had to change opponents, uh, you know, because there's so much advanced scouting goes in on your next opponent. Now it's like, okay, you win, you advance, who do I play next kind of, kind of format. So, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty exciting for that Kentucky and Missouri, you know, found out. On Friday, they're going to be playing each other, so they're both scrambling right now to put together cut-ups and put together uh, game plans and, and such. So uh, I like that. You know, and Freddie, I was happy that at least they made the decision on Friday instead of piddle farting around all week. Like, yeah, you know, you have all these analysts and and, and support staff that they've done a lot of the homework, but yeah, you know, Stoops and Grand and White, they aren't coming up with their. Sundays when they put together that this is what we're going to do against right. our opponent on Saturday. So at least that wasn't completely taken off the table. Like I'm sure when Stoops is watching Tennessee, Georgia, you know, there was some, he's probably jotting down some notes on Georgia as well, kind of in passing, but they weren't doing their heavy lifting until Sunday. So I'm, I'm at least happy that the league gave them some notice and, yeah. you know, it's not like some of these high school kids where they're finding out on Thursday that they're playing a different team on Friday. Just ha- <laughs> 
I, I feel bad for those kids because, like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and the coaching staff at Kentucky and Missouri are both going to be putting putting in late nights this week. Uh, you know, with such a short notice, so uh, we'll see how that works out. But I, I like it. I think it, that that puts Kentucky in the, in the advantage because it's been doing what it's been doing for for years now. Missouri's what three games into the Drinkwitz regime, so uh, Kentucky doesn't have a lot of films. Got three games. One game with the with a with the, the starting quarterback from Missouri, and, mm-hmm. and the redshirt freshman is pretty daggone good, and he can throw it all over the field. Yeah, former UK recruit too. UK yeah. was going after him for a while. Connor uh, Basilak. Yeah, he's he's pretty good. But uh, I, I'm hoping that this is another. Let's just shove Missouri in a locker and and get the hell out of there, because Chuck, that's a weird place to play at, and. It'll be even weirder when they're telling fans you can't be there. Typically, that's just how it always is anyway, but it's going to be even uh, different this year. It's probably the least exciting stadium in the SEC. I put it up there. Vanderbilt is actually not that bad because usually there was more Kentucky fans than Vandy fans. (laughs) Barrett Field, not much there. You're kind of in a bowl. The wind was always picked up, you know, Mm -hmm. punch. 65 yards or 20 yards, depending on where you were punting with the wind or against it. Um, yeah, not a, uh, it, it's hard to get pumped up for a game in Ferret Field. So I kind of agree with Freddie. It's, it's going to be a, uh, a deadly matchup. Say What's that. the name of the field, Chuck? Ferret Field, I believe. Yeah. Ferret? Yeah. F A U R O T. Okay. And I think they might even have like a – they have a different name for the stadium too. Um, but Fairfield, they got the big rocks in the end zone, which like it actually could be a cool place if fans went to games, but they they don't. Um, they did just finish a big renovation uh, in one end zone. And before the, the game two years ago, while they were redoing the stadium, they had – uh, both teams coming out of the same tunnel and they had like temporary fences set up. And I was down there, Drew. I thought Derek Beatty was going to do like, instead of just punching somebody through their helmet, I thought he was going to like start a fight through a chain link fence. Uh, I remember uh, your great coverage of that. You seem to have made this trip a lot. Are you sad you're not going to get to go this year? I kind of am because there's um, there's something fun about doing 90 on I-64 on my way home in the middle of the night from the game. Um, one year... So the, the first year I went, there was a petting zoo by the catwalk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a big part of the pregame. And uh, Benny had like four touchdowns and 200 yards. And that was a game too, Chuck, where it kind of stunk because uh, the, the the second team gave up like a late score. So like I think it was like 35 to 7 when the, when the, when the backups got in. And then it got a little bit closer. Uh, yeah. And then the last time down there was just – that's one of my favorite games I've ever been to, to, to win on the walk-off fashion and just rip out the 20,000 Missouri fans' hearts. So I'm, I'm a little disappointed that we won't get something weird to come from this game this week. But I do think, Freddie, this is an, a good opportunity for Kentucky's offense to, to really try to find uh, a consistent rhythm. Because in the last – we saw what they could do against Ole Miss's defense. But for the last eight quarters, two of them have really been effective. And, and I want to see – just the offense get into its groove and really find their identity. I think we did in this, we saw it in the second half at Tennessee, but that's a small sample size. Let, let's stretch this out over four quarters and see what the UK offense can do. Yeah, Missouri's given up 438 yards a game, uh, but the numbers are, are a little bit strange. They're giving up 307 through the air. So we could see Kentucky throw the football a little bit more uh, than it had uh, prior. And a number that jumps out at me, opponents are, are converting 40% on third down and successful in the red zone, 13 out of 15 trips. So uh, Missouri defense is not as stout as we've seen historically, uh, but it still has got Nick Bolton, who is very, very good, very active linebacker. And Missouri always has good defensive linemen, uh, and that goes back for years. So, you know, we'll see what Kentucky does, but I like I like – for the Kentucky offense to take a page from the Kentucky defense and to carry on, uh, you know, from the Kentucky defense carry Mississippi State momentum and confidence into Tennessee. I would like to see the Kentucky offense carry the second half performance 
uh, at Tennessee to Missouri because in the second half, I mean, Kentucky just just ran all over the place. And Rodriguez got established. Uh, in the first half, Kentucky had 17 carries for 28 yards, averaged 1.6 yards per carry against Tennessee. In the second half, 28 carries, 159 yards, 5.6 yards per carry. So I hope that uh, I hope that moves on to the Missouri game. Uh, Drew, did you know Nick Bolton is Michael Bolton's uh, nephew? Is that is that facts? I love Michael Bolton. Well, I mean, I just made it a fact. Oh, so there you go. I thought that was like a real connection. I'll roll with it. Just uh, big, big Michael Bolton guy playing Michael Bolton uh, all all week long. If if you play Yamo B there one more time, I'm going to Yamo burn this place to the ground. <laughs> oh, all time all time movie quote. I don't know if the other guys get it though. I'm with you. Okay. I have no clue. A 40 year old virgin. Uh, yeah. Uh, great line. Yeah. Never, never see it. Seen it. Uh, oh, uh, you, you no, get yeah. lots of laughs, Freddie. Get lots of laughs. Which, by the way, I uh, I did. I, I, I watched a little bit of football yesterday and I was disappointed in Mike Edwards. He got an interception, but didn't score a touchdown. Like, what the hell, Drew? Doesn't he know that those are the rules? Uh, it would have been nice if we gotten that in, but my man is making plays already and is going to be in that secondary making plays for a long time. They're loving him in Tampa Bay. Yeah. It's so weird. He's a huge Tom Brady fan, and it just falls into his lap that he ends up playing with Tom Brady for the Bucks of all places. Couldn't be happier for Mike Edwards. He's one of my all-time favorite cats. Drew, yeah. your guy, uh, Boss Man Fat, is on the first team all PFF uh, for this week. Jamin Davis and Kelvin Joseph. And then the, on the offensive side, Drake Jackson and Austin Dotson. Ooh. First team all PFF this week. That's awesome. I saw where Davis was the number one defensive player and Joseph was the number two defensive player this week in, in, in PFF's uh, rankings. Uh, I... <laughs> I mean, Chuck said it before we started, but just the fact that they threw three interceptions, I mean, like, I was just laughing at the third one. It was hilarious. Yeah, I couldn't even enjoy it. It was almost like shock. Like, again, you know, just screaming at the TV. And it took a little bit to process. Heck, the, the second pick six, I, I couldn't believe any of them, really, even the first one, Boss Man Fat uh, picking that one off. So that was heck of a stretch of six minutes for Kentucky fan. Shroud, the, the backup quarterback, was 0 for 1 with an interception for the day. <laughs> I was watching it, Freddie, at my in-laws' house in Ohio, and I was in a room. It's like their office. So I, I, I just I didn't want to be around anybody else. But the office TV was on a delay It was because it was being streamed. So the, after the first pick six, Brooke, my wife, Brooke, comes in, and she's like – she opens the door and is like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, you know, it's just a game going on. What's wrong? And she's like, oh, this TV's on a delay. And about as soon as she says that, boss man fat, bam, to the end zone. So for the rest of the game, whenever she, something big was about to happen, she'd kind of come into the room and have Snapchat ready for me to lose my mind. Because that second one, oh, I was I was dancing with the dog, picking up the dog. I mean, just so happy. I, and I was I was really worried that, Davis was going to get tripped by his own guy because there was just guys standing around him to make sure he didn't get tackled. I thought Eccles was going to trip him up and we would have another like, oh no, kind of moment. This doesn't really apply to anyone else but the working press. But, uh, you know, we miss going to these games, but it has been kind of fun to, you know, sit at home and be cra a crazy fan a little bit because we're not allowed to in the press box. I know in normal circumstances, you'd be in Knoxville uh, mm -hmm. So they're typing away after the, these big plays, but you get to to dance with little Duke and have a good time. So selfishly, that's been one little blessing out of all this is we've got to be crazy fans again. Absolutely. Yes. I really did want to like stone cold some beers after the game though. And I was like, Nick, you got to wait until you bang out some blogs. Like we gotta, we can't, we can't start the celebration too early or that last post of the day will just be filled, filled with, with typo. So and I got to say that, that Drew and Nick and Adam and Tyler did a great job covering, uh, putting, putting uh, uh, stories or, or posts on KSR.com after the game. That was a great job, you guys. Oh, thanks, Freddie. You did pretty good yourself, too. On my little AAR? Yeah, yeah. 
After action <laughs> review, got to have it. After every action week. review, yeah. I was, I was excited for this one. This, this one was fun. <laughs> this is also one of those two that, like, when you go back to delete stuff on your DVR, you're going to keep this one in there for a long time. Absolutely. Because it's just so much fun. Like, I can't I can't stress the, the significance of just having a game without worry. Like, my dad my dad said he didn't even watch the second half because he was just like, I'm, it's going to be bad luck. I'm, I'm going to jinx it. Something's going to go wrong. So he had to put on, like, a movie because he didn't even want to see scroll updates on the bottom of the crawl. He didn't turn it on until, like, the fourth quarter. He completely rewatched it last night. But – refused to until his friends are like that's the dagger here we go so man i just have it this, this is a game with sorry this is a game with like there's generations built into this game this excitement like they could not win a game all year i mean that would suck going what would that be two and eight but we'd still go that was the year though where we beat tennessee i mean you have that already out of the way with six games still play that has made really and you really call this season a success at this point if, you, if you're one of the miserable set through decades of this. That's how big and important this win is. Well, and, and it comes down to who you beat. Like, that 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 plays a lot into our fandom. And the same thing with that Louisville game last year, where going into it, Kentucky was going to go to a bowl game no matter what. But you were going to remember that season and leave with positive vibes if – they were able to come out with a win. And just like the Tennessee game, it was pure and utter domination. Uh, maybe not from start to finish, but for most of the, the game. And I, it reminds me, Drew, of – I know we don't talk about that other sport, but do you remember the CBS Sports Classic in 2014? Uh, which one was that one? This was at the United Center when oh, it, yes. it took like – 10 minutes, maybe even longer for UCLA to even score a point. They were missing layups because they were just hearing footsteps. It was just, and I was in the stands for it as a fan, and I was just like laughing throughout all of it. It was just pure, unadulterated joy. And you you just, you couldn't, you, there was no stress there at all. And even at halftime when Kentucky was up 10 uh, on Saturday, I, I, I had in my mind, I was like, well, they're going to find a, they can certainly find a way to lose it, but I wasn't letting it bother me. I was going to enjoy it, and I sure as hell did on Saturday. It was, man, I just, I, this is going to be one that's, we're going to remember for a long, long time. And even if things don't end perfectly this season, getting this win, we're always going to be able to look back to that was the year Kentucky went down to Knoxville and kicked the crap out of the Volunteers. Did y'all hear what Cole Kublik said about Darian Kennard? That I he was the second best, second best tackle in the SEC behind Alex Leatherwood at Alabama. That's pretty good. That guy's going to be a first round draft pick, maybe a top ten pick. So, yeah, yeah, that, that was a statement, Nicole. I hadn't seen the picture of Kennard lifting the tree trunk before, but my goodness, <laughs> where did that come from? <laughs> And you yeah, know, we're slacking on our job. That's something normally, you know, KSR, we're on top of that. And that popped up on my TV screen. Like, where the hell did that come from? It's a great photo. Yeah, it looked fake, didn't it? <laughs> it did. It did. We had Lane and Young pushing hay bales, but the tree trunk looked much more manly. <laughs> and also, that's another guy, too, Chuck, that he's from Knoxville. So, like, you know, whenever he goes home, his friends aren't going to be able to chirp him at all. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think they would in general. I mean, I, I wouldn't chirp him. <laughs> <laughs> and I was happy that our guy, uh, Cole Bollinger, who – so the Bollinger brothers, they came up through the U.K. School of Social media with uh, U.K. football. Clay moved on to Greener Pastures to Tennessee, and, and Cole, he he's – I think he's he's for a professional soccer team now. But he last year they were both doing the U.K. media accounts, and – after this game, he took the picture of the beer barrel that Tennessee tried to troll Kentucky with last year and blasted it out there. And I don't think we've we've brought it up enough, but Tennessee Kentucky recruiting it's going pretty nasty. And man, if you want to start winning some more battles, some more toe to toe battles, like uh, who who's that kid last year from Knoxville Central, Freddie? Uh, that his dad was on the Tennessee coaching staff. Do you remember his name? I don't. Tyler Barron. Like, 
in that recruiting oh, okay, battle, yeah. whenever you got Knoxville and all the Vols, hey, you want to go there and play for the no, just look at the scoreboard last year. Look at look at that box score and see which team you want to go play for. Yeah. Exactly. Kentucky, Tennessee. I mean, it seems like every recruit signs with Kentucky. Tennessee's on the offer list and vice versa. So, yeah, those two go ahead to hit quite often. I like, too, that after the game, all the freshmen were like, couldn't have picked a better place to go. And one of those guys who had offers from both, Oxendine, tweeting the same thing. So, uh, man, just – I don't know. I'm just so happy, guys. I don't know what more we need. Like, we can we, we can just – all the things that make us happy. Here, this is, this is kind of how we'll end things. Our Midnight Rooster Things That Make Us Happy segment. Because we, we've listed a lot of them, Drew, and I think it's appropriate that they sponsored this segment – because Midnight Rooster makes everybody happy when they use their wonderful products. Yeah, you know me. I'm a CBD expert. When people say my name, you automatically associate it with CBD. And uh, I've been using Midnight Roosters. They're a big sponsor of this podcast and our other KSR ventures. And they've been pretty awesome. Everybody should check them out. It's M-I-D-N-I-T-E. A little confusing there. That's the cool way to spell it. But uh, go give them a try. I use the beard oil. No one can see me except you all here on Zoom. But uh, go Midnight Rooster. Now let's talk about things that make us happy. I get happy when I'm on the Midnight Rooster KSR live blog and the haters can't even hate on anything. Nothing nothing Nothing. left to hate on. Uh, What also makes me happy is just the amount of pictures you can find of Tennessee, sad Tennessee fans on the internet. They're everywhere. What's the what's the pose called? Surrender Cobra. Cobra. Yeah. Saw a lot of those. Lots of those. Oh man. What makes me happy is the away jerseys, white pants, white jerseys, blue helmet, blue and white, beaten orange and white. Loved it. They also yes. wore their their orange britches too, which is like I, yeah, they, they all, orange, orange out. Why, why are they a big deal? Like, they, they make a big deal when they wear orange pants. I don't, I don't it, get it. It, it used to be Kentucky and Tennessee wore blue or wore dark pants at the fir- during night games. So that was the big deal. So Kentucky would wear blue pants only at night games. Hmm. And Tennessee yeah. was the same. Hmm. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. Uh, I don't- one more midnight rooster thing that makes me happy is uh, – Quentin Bohanna tweeting after the game, I'm from Memphis, I'm from Memphis, Memphis, because we don't say Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> Quentin uh, Bohanna is really rising up my player personality rankings this season. Between yeah. the uh, show and Costello, the interceptions, he's done the signal with the ref. His Twitter's been great. Yeah, I'm a big Bully McCall guy, but Quentin Bohanna is showing some of that fun off the field too. Yeah, he, he he's going. He's he's making a little money this year. I, I also like too that he uh, after the game, Bully said, "Bro, I'm not 380." <laughs> 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 oh man, that was great because uh, I think Cole, Cole was like, he gave some hypothetical to Trey Smith. Would you rather have a little fast guy or a big guy to push around? And he's, I'm not 380. <laughs> <laughs> I like that uh, UK doesn't seem to have uh, very much control of their Twitter accounts, which I'm sure that's a nightmare for them. But for the fans, it's great watching all this stuff where they're tweeting out little things like that and Bohanna. And, of course, Bossman might get a little carried away. But they're, they're a fun group that uh, they're pretty – we'll call them confident online. Big fans of Instagram Live in the locker room after the game. That's going to get somebody in trouble. I enjoy watching yeah, it, but I'm like, oh, is. no, please don't do anything bad. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for expressing expressing yourself and, you know, letting them have their social media. I'm all for that. But inside the locker room, that, that can get a little dangerous. Right, yeah. right. Like maybe, you know, a, a little snippet. Because, like, UK does a good job of putting out the good stuff. But we don't need – I don't think we need just 10 minutes of locker room celebrating. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, I, I was happy to watch. To- Yes, very fun to watch. Um, also, you, what else makes me happy, too, is that Jamin Davis has just been a badass this year. I mean, he has been better than advertised, and I think Kentucky really needed that uh, from him because uh, 
losing Chris Oates is it, it, it certainly takes a toll. And uh, this game, I, I believe it was Boogie Watson who rocked the 22 and uh, he wore it well. He wore it well. Yes, he did. Boogie is playing at a extremely high level right now. And back to Jamin, you know, 12 tackles and, and a pick six. I mean, he's, he's, he's had two back-to-back games where uh, he's went double digit tackles and had a pick six. So, uh, yeah, I agree because I, I thought replacing Chris Oates is going to be uh, nearly impossible. Uh, mm-hmm. But Jamin, Jamin is doing very well at that spot, and, and their, their games are totally different. And and but Jamin is is playing his own way and playing extremely well. He got thirty five tackles in the season. That's tenth in the SEC, uh, and he's just going to continue continue climbing. Uh, man, great game from him on on Saturday. Just great games for everybody. I mean, uh, you know, we need to talk about our guy Ruffalo. Yeah, for four on the PATs and two for two for field goals. So you know, I'm a firm believer if we're going to if we're going to you know kind of rip somebody, but we didn't really rip Ruffalo because we all understood that that game had more plays in his kicks against Ole Miss, and we need to we need to speak highly when when that's Mm -hmm. uh, called on, and and he did. He played very well on Saturday. So on the, I'm looking at the third down stats right now. Kentucky six of twelve versus Tennessee's three of twelve. Uh, Kentucky was on average, it was third and six point three yards ago. Tennessee third and eight point two. That's two weeks in a row where it's been more than eight yards uh, to go on that third down. And it's kind of lame that you say the first two down deficiencies determine the third, but Kentucky's doing much better on the early downs defensively to, to force teams to really get uncomfortable and let the UK defense uh, tee off. Um, because when they do, man, there's plenty of guys that are ready to get after the passer. Uh, you get a couple of sacks, five tackles for loss, and a couple of pass breakups, hit a quarterback hurry. The the quarterbacks were uncomfortable, and that led to the big plays. And, Freddie, it's, that's another lame thing to say, but when you get gifts, you got to take advantage of it. And to see Jamin's two interceptions, they were tip balls, but he was in the right place at the right time, and he made the most of the opportunity. Because how many times have we seen some of those where it hits somebody in the hands and they just it falls down and you're left thinking, what if? No, absolutely. I mean, the Kentucky linebackers – we talked about what they've done versus the run, uh, but uh, you know, I guess the past they've been outstanding and and right place, right time. And then you make the play when when there is a tip ball. So yeah, I mean that's that's exactly what they've been doing. Oh man, this has been fun, gentlemen. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, it has. Lots of fun. You know, we've never been able to do the, or I guess three of us weren't even alive the last Monday after a, t- a win in Knoxville. So this is. This is a first life experience for us. I know. I don't, I don't really know what to do. You, you know what I'm going to give credit to? This is Cumberland University. Thank you. you University did. of the Cumberlands. Oh, sorry. I, I get mixed. University of the Cumberlands. We're, we're stopping there before every trip to Knoxville from here on out. <laughs> Got to. Undefeated get- when they make that stop. Hey, that was a big deal for Williamsburg, man. I mean, they're still talking about that. I'm sure they will be. And you know what? Rightfully so. Take all the credit you want in, because you did it, Williamsburg. You, you helped the Cats bring home and one of the most important victories in my lifetime and, and one, the biggest victory of the season so far. So thanks, Williamsburg. You did it. What, what's their mascot? Patriots. Yes. We're big Patriots fans. Go Pats. Uh, JoJo Kemp was a Patriot for a little while, a GA down there. Yes, he oh, was. right. Yeah. Chuck, did you ever think about doing the, the GA thing? Um, you know, honestly, no. I love it. Love football. Um, could see myself coaching, but GA, that's a lot of work and uh not a lot of pay. Not a lot of pay to start out with. Hey, it's a great occupation. If you're doing it now, good for you, but not in my cards. So can get you need to take me- over this. You need to take over the St. X Tiger program there, Chuck. Nah, we'll be just fine. <laughs> Tigers will be just fine. <laughs> Where are we going this week, Freddie? We're going uh, uh, Elizabethtown is at Bardstown Friday night. Both are undefeated and ranked in the top five. So, uh, Bardstown High School will be the will be where we will be on Friday. 
and, and obviously you need to go to Kroger before the game and absolutely get yourself ready for Kroger's case or game of the week. But if you need a spot to eat in town, I got two. Mammy's is delicious. Uh, it's right there by Town Square. And also the Stephen Foster Buffet. I'm not sure how they've accommodated during COVID, but it's like all of the home cooking that will put you into a food coma that's delicious. So Barstown's a beautiful city too. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, I, mean, I, I, I frequent Bardstown quite a bit. So, uh, and when I was in college, my friends from college that went to Bardstown, the sales beat up on them quite a bit. So it was fun to, to kind of uh, jab them. But, you know, it should be a good game this Friday. And it should be a great game against the Missouri Tigers on Saturday. Got to go to Como and get a win uh, against Eli Drinkwitz, the nerdiest nerd that's ever been a head, CC head coach. Shove him into a locker and keep this train rolling so we can have a huge Halloween weekend against Georgia. Because we can't have Missouri ruining all our fun after Tennessee. This has been so much fun that I don't want it to end, but, Drew, we got to get out of here because Mark Stoops getting ready to talk. Yeah, man, you got more Zooming to do. We'll keep this party rolling with head coach Mark Stoops and maybe some more fun from Lonnie Demery this week. Yeah, some more Lonnie. What was he doing last week? Playing first take on his TV as loud as possible. It wouldn't turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) And he was drinking. It's always it's also awkward too when he gets up to move and like he pulls the screen down and it's just the view is just (laughs) right at his midsection. It is not the best visual, but hey, you know what? That's just COVID press conferences for you. We're all learning together. Oh, man. Well, we appreciate you all following along on the KSR Football Podcast presented by UK Federal Credit Union. Go check out their six locations around town. Uh, Thanks to UK Federal Credit Union for sponsoring the KSR Football Podcast. Thanks to you all for subscribing and listening. For Freddie Maggard, Drew Franklin, and Charles Walker, I'm Nick Roush. Until next week, go Cats, go Kroger. And peep the technique. Sweat the technique.